Welcome to the Lex City Church Podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Lex City, please visit LexCity.Church. Art for the house, right? The, the power uh, of the local church. The impact that we have together. The, the power of, of simply this, that when ordinary people unite around a divine purpose, we get to do extraordinary things together. I think about our church. It's the, the power of the, the local body. The chance that we, we gather together, we, we send resources to India, to the other part of the world, to help people that we have never met, whose names we will never know this side of heaven, and yet we sacrificially send and give. And so many of you, you, you volunteer out at the coffee shop. Why? Because all the resources and the revenue from that goes to help fund missions and you do it on Sunday mornings and you do it on concert nights. Why? Because it's this selfless service, this God-honoring thing that God's called us to do. Hundreds of churches will send teams to Western Kentucky. And just like ours, these people will take time off of work and they'll pay for their own resources and gas and chainsaws and they'll go down there and they'll serve people that they may never meet in lots where there is nobody there. And it's just, what I love about the power of the church is it's this, the hallmark, right, of, of who we are is this idea of selfless service, a gospel-centered community that's the physical manifestation of the heart of God for people. That's why I love this place. That's why I love the chance that we get to do this together. That's why the greatest reward, right, someday in heaven, the words that we so cherish and so desire to hear from our lives are simply this, what? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Don't miss that. Servanthood, it's really the highest calling of a life that is well lived, it's the highest calling of a follower of Jesus is this area of servanthood. I mean, someday when we stand before the Lord, it won't be, well done, my good and faithful Bible scholar, my passionate worshiper, whatever it will be, it will be, well done, my faithful servant. This idea of, what, of dying to self, this idea of for the sake of others, this missional living, what we're called to do and what should be at a very DNA and core of who we are. Now, don't miss that again. The standard, right, the, the bar, the test that someday when we stand before the Lord and we'll be judged for our faithfulness, the faithfulness will be evaluated by what? How well we serve one another. We're saved by faith, but we're eternally rewarded for our servanthood to one another. Last week, as we launched into 2022, which is, does it seem unbelievable to think that we're saying 2022, but last week, if, if you were here, or if you can get a chance, I encourage you to go back and maybe just watch uh, the sermon part on that. But I, I shared a little bit of the one thing that the Lord has really impressed upon my heart at the start of this year is their willingness to, to lay down the things that we have consciously or unconsciously picked up during these last couple years, those habits, those hurts, those mindsets that unintentionally or intentionally have really become a part of, of our thought process in, in our lives because we know the challenge, right? Anytime in our lives we, we face uncertainty, whenever there's unknowns, uh, even when our heart becomes filled with what could be fear, it could even be anger, when those emotions begin to take 
hold in our heart, what we tend to do is emotionally move towards this area of just self-preservation with our lives, and our focus becomes extremely inward, and how do I acknowledge and take care of the things I need to do. As that focus narrows, the challenge is we become what consumed with self, and servanthood all of a sudden begins to take a back seat to what we feel is the urgency of the moment. And again, right, and we know this to be true, it, there are times in our life when this idea of, of self-preservation is appropriate and times when it's absolutely wise, all right, during this last couple years pandemic world, there certainly have been moments that has absolutely been the truth. The problem arises when that mindset stays with us long past the time it's appropriate to stay with us, Right? when we have picked something up and we've put it on and it's just become a part of our psyche at times when there isn't a need for that. And the challenge is when those kind of things, rather than being the exception, now become the new norm in our life. I think that's the danger for all of us. And these subtle shifts, if we're not careful, and we've all experienced this at different levels in these last couple of years, these subtle little shifts, we're not careful, they move us to, to isolation, don't they? They move us to being disconnected from the things that are truly the most important in life. It's probably the one phrase I've heard most from people at different times. I've just, I've never felt more disconnected. I have never felt more isolated from the things, from my church family, from other people, even from my own family, that that feeling is there. And the challenge with being isolated and disconnected is this. In the life of a believer, isolation leads to a life of less impact. And we're going to see today a life that is not as fruitful as God has called us to be. So as we look at that, let me just, before I jump into it, give you just the appropriate, and, and I think reminder of disclaimer as we jump into the day, all right, for the context of this teaching for today. Let me just tell you this, unapologetically today, my goal is to encourage you to re-engage, especially for those of you that have been engaging from a distance. So I even say today that those that are watching our line are, are uh, viewing later on in the week, listen, I, apologetically, this is my encouragement for you this morning. But I want to remind you, right, the disclaimer, some of you, for genuine health concerns, right, in this moment, you need to stay distant, and we understand that, right? Some of you need to come in person, and you need to sit way up in the balcony or sit on the side banks and leave early, whatever it needs to do to create social distancing for you in those moments, right? You're called to lead your family, and so I encourage you to lead it the best way you know how to do. But what we're experiencing now can't be forever, right? And it can't become the norm of where we're at. And so that's my encouragement, all right? So I thank you for that. So today, I want to kindly, lovingly, if I may, give you just a little kick in the tush and uh, simply remind you and encourage you that if you maybe have established some new habits and some new patterns, can I remind you today in a lovingly way that your creator created you for community and he created you for service. Gallup Polls reports this. For the first time, think about this, in U.S. history, less than 50% of people are involved in their church for the first time in U.S. history. 39% of millennials don't identify with a church, or only 39% of millennials say they identify with a church at all. See, the challenge, my fear, is what has become an exception, if we're not careful, will become the norm. The beauty is those are just trends and those are statistics, right? For each one of you, you have your own story. 
You write the story for yourself and you write the story for your family. And so as you think about that, can I remind you as we jump in today what the win is? This is what scripture says is the win of our lives, right? The win is at the end of our lives, due to faith in Jesus Christ, we hear these wonderful words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. So how do we reach that goal? Well, if you've got your Bibles this morning, let's start. We're going to look at three passages today. Let's go to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. If you've got your phones, you go to lexcity.info. All the sermon notes are there. I encourage you to follow along as we go. Acts chapter uh, 2, verse 42, a familiar one if you are around the church. And we're reminded from the very er- origin of this wonderful thing called the body of Christ, there are two great pillars of the church. And these pillars are the foundation in which we build our lives. So let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Two pillars, right? Teaching and fellowship. Content and community are the two things. Each is equally important. Each of these two, content and community, are are vital for your growth, are vital for the fullness of your life and your walk with, with Jesus as we go, things that we should build our lives on. And so let me just put it this way, as I thought about ways to encourage you on this way. Here's the balance. Content without community leads to consumerism. And community without content leads to complacency. Let me try to unpack those for you. It it made sense to me midweek, and sometimes by Sunday it doesn't make sense anymore. So let me uh, see if I can unpack this as I was thinking about it as we go, right? I wrote it this way. Content without community leads to consumerism, right? If the church was only about consuming content, only about knowledge, then listen, the pandemic has been fantastic, I mean, it has expanded our ability to consume content in new and fresh ways. I mean, we can sit at home and uh, we can log on and find out and we can pick the smartest. We can pick the most charismatic, the best preachers in all of the city and all of the country and literally all of the world and just consume. I mean, it's like the golden corral of buffets. You know what I'm saying? I get to pick who I want what I want to hear and where I want to take it and just consume. I mean, it's consumerism at its very finest that's there. What What I want, when I want it, and where I want to hear it. Let's go to the other extreme. If the church was just all about community, all right? Community without content leads to complacency. Sitting around with a lot of nice people and never being challenged and, and never learning and, and never being held accountability, never have accountability, doesn't lead to our growth, right? It feels really good, but there's no transformation in it. So somewhere there's a balance. Somewhere we've got to have something outside of ourselves than just sitting around in good community that drives us to growth and becoming more Christ-like. So there's a balance, right? Two pillars, content and, and community. Jesus teaches this parable that reminds us that we need this idea of something beyond just ourselves to really be all that God has called us to do. And he does that in the book of Luke, chapter 13. If you can turn there or if you got it in your phones, here's this wonderful parable. And he says this, and he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it, and he found none. And he said to the the, the vine dresser, look. 
For three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? It's a fascinating little parable. What really makes this parable interesting, it's one of the few parables that Jesus doesn't give us any answers or teaching after. He just teaches the parable and leaves it for what it may be. But I think there are some principles that are pretty obvious, right? What's the number one goal of the tree? The purpose of the tree, the purpose of the tree is to produce fruit. The tree is not judged on how tall it is or how amazing its bark is or how wide the trunk is. The, the criteria is, is pretty simple. Does it produce fruit, right? Quick little note as we think about this parable in, in Luke chapter 13. As I think about it, I, I, the more, Jesus is, is awesome. That's why he came this morning. Just want to give you that. We can close in prayer. Uh, but Jesus, but I, I love, he is so bold, he is so bold and courageous in, in his teaching. Let me give you a little context that's even deeper than maybe what you're thinking about it. Um, so here is the, think about the, the parallels there. The fig tree represents nation of Israel over and over there. Fruit is the things that we produce with our lives. And so here is what Jesus is saying. For three years now, he has ministered. It's three years into his earthly ministry time. And he's been here for three years. And he's saying to some group, there's no fruit. I'm not seeing anything from your life. He's speaking to who's in this crowd. It's the Pharisees. Pharisees are in this crowd, and they've been for three years following and seeing Jesus' ministry, and they've been trying to discredit him and find everything that's wrong and nitpick and the haters hate and all these kind of a things. And so Jesus is just boldly saying to them, listen, if your life is not producing any fruit, it's not worth the ground that it's even be buried in. Can you imagine the Pharisees in this moment? They're sitting in the back because they never would sit in the front. They're sitting in the back. Three years on a fig tree. Hey, uh, Nehemiah, how long we've been, how long we've been following this guy around? Three years? You think he's talking to us? Is he saying our lives don't produce any fruit? Is he saying our lives don't produce Yeah, he's saying you're worthless. So you ought to be buried in the dirt. You know, cut it down. I mean, all of a sudden, the, the truth of this, for who wants to hear, the truth becomes very powerful. And the message is clear. But what I love about who Jesus is, he doesn't just condemn. He gives us a way out. He says, I'm going to tell you, here's the solution to a life that's fruitless. To you men have been following for three years and just trying to find what's wrong. Let me tell you how you can solve this. He goes on. Verse 7. He said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? Then he continues on in verse 8. And he answered them, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put it on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you should cut it down. It's the patience of God. But just give me, give me a year. We put it in something that's going to do that. The tree cannot grow in isolation, right? It needs something. It needs nutrients. It needs manure. Now, I thought about this. I'm glad I didn't. But we could have had a whole lot of fun today on the ways that the church is like manure in, in your life. But I think we can all probably share our own stories on how that would be the case along those different things, right? But here's the point. God has not designed things to grow in isolation, God has designed things to help you grow and produce fruit in your life. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us what this is. He says, let me give you two things, he says, that will help you grow. It's the nutrients, it's the manure that your roots will grow in and do this. So Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says this. But let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another 
all the more as you see the day drawing near. And I love the action verbs that are in there, right? True community, the body, the, the church, true community, what exists to do what? Stir one another up for good works. Not simply looking, doesn't exist to look how we can consume, it looks how we can give towards one another. But this kind of community that we're talking about in Hebrews 10, right, it takes a couple things. It takes proximity, it takes selflessness, and it takes initiatives, right? At Lex City, we talk a lot, and as we head into 2022, you'll hear more. Opportunities to get connected, opportunities to do these things. Why? Because we understand that life change happens best out of the context of those kind of relationships. So we talk about it every year, every semester. Get involved in a group, right? Find ways to volunteer and get connected. Why? Because that's the nutrients that your tree can be planted in that's going to help you grow. Because isolation keeps you all away. And those are programs. But what I love about what God says for us, I think about what the true church and what the family of God, the power comes not just in programs, the power comes in what organically happens between you and I. When we're connected and when we encourage one another. The power of stirring each other up is, I mean, look, think about our context, those of us that are here. It, it's just coming it's just coming to service a few minutes early to connect with somebody who sits in your section. Now, listen, I love y'all. You'll sit in the same place every week. Uh, you know who your people are. This is your tribe. These are your people, right? They love back, left, and front, right, wherever. I mean, if you just come early and just genuinely connect, this is the kind of encouragement that we can have. My fear is this, and I know it happens every week. My fear is that you could walk in these doors and walk out these doors and never experience authentic relationship and connection. It happens every single week. I'm just saying for you, you come with a purpose, not to get, but to give. That's just gonna take proximity and time and initiative to just say, listen, I'm gonna engage on something that's meaningful there. See, my goal for the church is not that everybody knows everybody, the goal is to have a church where everybody is known. See the difference? We have two services. You have no idea who comes the next hour and what that group looks like. You're never going to know everybody. I just want everybody to be known. How's that going to happen? It's not going to happen through programs. It's going to happen because brothers and sisters in Christ, we walk in the doors to say, this is my place. And I'm going to take the initiative to engage and have meaningful relationships with people around. How can we stir up one another for good works. It's a mindset. He goes on, Hebrews 10. says, let us again consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Here's verse 25. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's amazing. 2,000 years ago, even in the early church, right, the challenge always was the habit of just not making church a priority in our life, and church attendance was a problem even back then, right? Here's the, this is what you know, because you live it every Sunday. It's never convenient. There, there is always something else we could be doing on a Sunday morning. 2,000 years ago, and they knew it. Man, I mean, the camel races, they get going a little before noon. If I want to get there and get a good seat and make sure I can see my favorite, I got to get there. 
fishing, oh, Red Sea fishing, best in the morning, uh, right? During church time, right? We always had these things. Besides, it's the Sabbath. I deserve to sleep. It's a day of rest. I take those scripture literal, all right? Whatever it would be. I mean, this is, nothing has changed. These sentiments haven't changed in 2,000 years. There's always a distraction. There's always something that keeps us from church. I chuckled. This is the, the beauty. I had to laugh when I knew this series, when I was preaching this topic this morning. I thought, oh, this is great. COVID cases rise. We get snow. Now it's cold and rainy this morning. I thought, this is a wonderful morning uh, to talk about all the distractions that come, right? This is the, it never ends on the things that were here. And if you have children in kids' activities, I don't need to explain this to you. Everything gets scheduled on what day? Sunday. Let me just, and I get that. All right, I, I totally understand. Both of our boys played select basketball when they were growing up. Guess what day every single game was scheduled for their select teams? Sundays that were there. So here was the rule at our house, right? If you're going to play on Sunday morning and it, the game fell during church time, not a problem. We had Saturday night service. You just need to go to Saturday night service. If you want to play on Sunday, and that worked out fine, and we were fortunate to have that that opportunity. Now listen, here's why I push that as a father, not as a pastor, but as a dad, because I wanted to communicate priority to my children, right? Church was not one of many things we did as a family. Church was the thing we did as a family, and everything else was secondary to that thing. Oh, pastor, that sounds great, but you don't understand. I don't want to limit the potential of my child because uh, they are truly gifted, right? And I can't have them missing games to come, not come to church. Can I just, lovingly now as an old, old man, can I just give you a little parental reality check, all right? Two boys. The odds of my sons, who were above average basketball players, so they played on a select team, of ever making the NBA. 2020, here's the statistics. High school athletes around our country, 551,373. Out of that 515 college athletes, 18,816 college basketball players. The percentage of high school athletes playing in college, 3.4%. Out of that 3.4, the actual number that actually got drafted to the NBA was 52. The percentage of college athletes drafted to the pros was 0.28%. The percentage of high school athletes drafted to the, to the pros, 0.01. The estimated odds of my high school studly sons ever playing and being drafted to the pros is 1 in 11,500. Think about that. I love sports. My son Trent was a Division I athlete. We love sports and all they do. But the joy of my life is that they are now godly husbands who lead their families, who attend our church every single week, who give to our church, who serve our church in such a powerful way. And friends and parents, can I just tell you today, that did not happen by accident. Thought for you today, and I say this to you in love. Parents, if church becomes convenient for you, it will become irrelevant for your children. One out of 11,500 ever make it to the pros but 100% become young men and young women who have to determine what their faith means to them. 
See, I think it's the children. As I think about where we are in 2022, it, it, my heart goes out because I, I think it's our children who are, the, who are paying the price for these last couple years. My fear is during these formative years, they are learning lessons that we never intended to teach them. Parents that comes to us, Hebrews 10. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hebrews simply says this, as the days grow eviler, oh, I wish the Bible was relevant. As the days grow eviler and as we anticipate the return of the Lord coming sooner, then listen, this gathering becomes even more important that we do this together. Why? There's power. That there's power in this thing that we do together. Big thought. You can practice faith and hope alone, but you can never express love in isolation. That's why we need each other. That's why proximity and things are important. And let me just say this to you this morning. As I thought about that thought, that's why I'm so grateful. And I look around this morning, I'm so grateful for you all. I mean, I'm so grateful over these last, I think these last two years. So many of you, listen, you have just shown up faithfully. You have served without a lot of hoopla, week in and week out. You serve in places that we see you. You serve in kids' places that we don't see you. You serve in the back tech rooms. You serve all these places week in and week out. And you've done so, so faithfully. I'm so grateful. You showing up every week has created a consistent experience that when people feel comfortable, they can come back to. When people are looking for something, they can come and they can experience that. And I'm grateful for it. I've got a neighbor who, Pam and I invited her. She came and visited and had a wonderful time. Why? Because you showed up and you served. I've got a young man who's one of my Uber riders who now calls this home. Why? He showed up in the midst of all this because you faithfully serve and you greeted him at the door and you made him feel welcome and you, you brought him in here and I'm looking for him afterwards and he's already talking to three or four people. Why? Because you came with a mindset, how can I stir others up to do something greater beyond myself? And so I say, great, I'm so grateful. You've made this happen because of that. I look around this morning and, and it'll be next hour. There are so many amazing new faces in this last year who have become a part of this family and I just say thank you. Thank you for showing up and being a part and being engaged. It would have been easier to do a lot of other things, and yet you are here, and it has made such a difference. This gathering matters, and you make that possible. Heart for the house, right? The church, the nutrients, that, that manure <laughs> that produces fruit in, in our lives. And so I want to invite you today especially those of you that are watching. Listen, I, I want to invite you to join us in life-giving community in 2022. <laughs> to look for opportunities when you come here and you walk into these doors to stir one another up for good works. To, to lay down isolation and to pick up community. To lay down self-preservation and pick up an others-focused thing that says, listen, I'm part of a movement that's greater than me, but the movement requires me to think of something beyond myself. Today, I encourage you to lay down some of those things and pick up new. 
In just a moment, as we close, Zach's going to come, and he's going to be sharing with us a little bit, as we do every semester, ways for you to get involved, ways for you to get connected in, in a group. We have some groups that are virtual. Whatever it is for you to connect, I'm just saying uh, to take that step and to, to make it a priority, and he's going to give you a preview on that. I want to help but just give you a little preview of where we're heading this spring in terms of our teaching series opportunities to invite and just to you be in, engaged in that. In a couple of weeks, we're starting our, our uh, Becoming a Tradition, our annual little relationship series entitled Mixtapes, a great series based around relationships and how we can do better in that area. All packaged in music and music through the decades. If you have not been here for that, that is a trip and uh, you will enjoy that. That mixtape is coming up there. Before Easter... We're going to finish up our series on the book of Revelation. And if you thought the first four weeks had some crazy stuff, you got to hang on. The last four weeks take us on the ride. I mean, it's the end of the world as we know it. And a fascinating series, uh, and you will enjoy that. We'll have Easter. And then following Easter, we're going to come back to probably, not probably, the most popular series we've done dealing in the areas of our colors and how God has uniquely created us and our personalities and how we relate to each other. And so that's going to be coming up after Easter. Listen, all of these series are divine to help create not only content, but opportunities for you to invite and re-engage in new ways. 2022, right? I'm really excited about what 2022 holds for us. And so here's our plan, right? I'll bring the content, but I need you to bring the community and together, let's see what God will do in us and through us. Father, thank you for just the powerful truth of why we love and have a heart for the house. <laughs> a heart for this wonderful thing called the local church with all of its flaws and struggles. And yet it is the most amazing thing. Incredible thing where a group of ordinary people can be united around a purpose. This purpose of the gospel allows ordinary people to do extraordinary things in the lives of one another. So Lord, in this year, for those that have maybe been engaged from a distance, may we just be reminded that the exception cannot become the norm for those of us that are parents power of what we model in the lives of our kids is so significant. And so, Lord, today, may you just transplant maybe for some a tree that feels isolated and fruitless and discouraged and all alone. God, may you just transplant it in the nutrients of this wonderful thing called the church. And can we see great fruit grow in this next year? Again, Lord, thank you today. I think of those that are just... Thank you for those that have been so faithful. God, may their heart be encouraged and may they be reminded today that what they do and who they are really matters and we're thankful for it. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Lex City Church podcast. If you would like to support ministries of Lex City, visit lexcity.church give. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at Lex City Church for more encouraging teachings and content.